Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. All right, when it comes to headlines, there are good headlines and there are great headlines and there are transcendent headlines. And there are are those type of stories as well. And I think that what we're about to talk about... encompasses all of those because when you i think it was june june 30th 2014 guys right is that right yeah yes so chris stone uh managing editor at sports illustrated right correct okay and ben Ryder, uh who wrote the piece uh writer for sports illustrated who wrote the story we're about to talk about about the houston astros are both on the line here and uh, guys, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. I got to be honest with you, this is the first time I've ever had an editor writer podcast all at the same time. So uh, we're making history. <laughs> it's a big day. <laughs> it's a big day. This might be even bigger than if the Astros were to pull up this World Series and uh, bring our prophecy to their fruition. Oh, man. And that's the thing, guys, right? I mean, that's the thing is that this isn't, this isn't something like, oh, okay, they had a good year. And and you guys had put this this the headline on the, the cover of Sports Illustrated, but it's it's like you said this is going to happen, and we're on the verge of it actually happening. This and the reason why it just struck me, and I don't know if you guys feel it's getting the play it deserves, but I'm trying to give it the play it deserves because we try to do this stuff all the time five years out, and people come close, but they don't come this close, so. Do do you guys feel kind of and Chris I'll start with you. Do you feel like this is this is this is people understand of what a leap of faith this was and and how far you've come and how far and where are you sitting right now? I'm going to preface this by demonstrating how humble we are. <laughs> we have not picked a World Series champion correctly since the 1999 Yankees. And that was a team that was coming off a historic 114-win season. So, um, you know, we've had a pretty rough patch for the last two decades. And <laughs> we recognize that. And um, we recognize also if the Astros come back and uh, win this World Series, we are going to gloat. <laughs> but, um, yeah, listen, it, it's a lot of fun more than anything else. And 
listen, we're not looking for a lot of attention around this prediction, and, and plenty has been uh, lavished upon the prediction. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun to just be able to talk about and see if we the Astros take this final step and win the World Series. Obviously, they took a little step backwards last night, um, but we're just going to have a good time with it. Well, you know, I mean, I, I would say, I guess, I think that we've certainly received enough credit for this prediction. Uh, it's really kind of lodged itself into the national consciousness. Um, I guess in, in some ways, though, it's validation of our motivations from three and a half years ago. We were not trying to make this prediction to be controversial. You know, it was not a hot take. We were not going for clickbait. This was very well-reasoned. And there, I wrote a 5,000-word story that appeared in that issue explaining why we thought this was a possibility. Did we think it would actually happen? Look, predicting any World Series champ at the beginning of a given season is a long shot, um, but we're certainly not complaining that it is close. Well, Ben, let me ask you this. So um, before we get into like when actually the, the, the thinking for it came about, I, I'll go back to this year once again. Having written the story, excellent story, and having and looked at what they have done, the Houston Astros have done over the last few years, did you look at it knowing what you knew, knowing what you wrote, and then going through even this year with an eye like an eye toward it like maybe you don't haven't had for any other story because of the the process of it and what you knew and and how far they came? It's certainly been a constant presence uh, since June of 2014, uh, in part because they kind of turned it around so fast. Remember, in 2015, this was the worst team of all time, really, for the previous four years. They'd lost almost twice as many games as they won. All of a sudden, like the next year, they come out of the gates hot, and they make up the playoffs. And all of a sudden, all these people that were kind of hating on this cover, that thought it was ridiculous, started to turn around. So it really has followed me for the last three and a half years. And it's not just like it's popped back up this year. <laughs> well, okay, so let's go back. Let's go back to when you guys first remembered uh, having the idea of the story, and then once you had the idea of the story, the execution of the story, and then once you had the execution of the story, the, the, uh, the idea to have the proclamation that you did uh, on the cover. And I, either one of you can go first because I don't know – which one of you had the idea? I don't know which one of you, you know, said went to the other one and said, "Hey, how about this? How did how did this unfold?" Ben, I'll let you take that because it really did start with Ben, and you know, it, Ben's story drove this entire cover. So uh, I'll let Ben kind of go back to its origins. Sure, I, I'm not sure there was a moment of epiphany or anything. I just remember it being one of those things that we would talk about in the office over the course of a long period of time, like man, the Astros are really, really bad. They're supposedly run by a group of these, uh, you know, really smart guys. What is going on down there? So we really talked to the Astros periodically, you know, what kind of access could we get if we did this story? Uh, what would it look like? Finally, in the spring of 2014, they agreed to give us kind of unprecedented access to their internal processes, including sitting in on their draft meeting before they're about to pick first overall. That's not something that almost ever happens in baseball or in sports. So everything kind of went from there. Um, and then I guess the cover was Chris's call, but it's out of that. <laughs> so yeah, so you, you have this great story, 
And and listen, I know what it's like. When you have a good story, you're feeling like, oh, you know, you have the access, you have the story. It, this is hey, this this play this up as much as possible. So, Chris, from your perspective, when Ben comes back and, and does the story, uh, and now you're talking about being cover worthy. How does that unfold? Yeah, I, first of all, I'd say that I'm very partial towards process stories and access stories as long as you take advantage of that access. I mean, access doesn't necessarily ensure a great story. And Ben really took advantage of his access here in a way that, like a lot of our great access stories over the years, had happened. I remember Tom Perducci did a story on the Red Sox way in, um, I want to say it was in September 2011. Mm-hmm. Then they went on to have one of the, as you know, one of the epic collapses. <laughs> that were very much in line with earlier Red Sox history, pre-21st century Red Sox history. But this story came in, and it was a, this was just a... He took perfect advantage of the access that was given to him. It gave us a real window into a process. A process, you know, it's a the process is something we typically associate with, say, the 76ers now. I, it almost feels like it's been trademarked. Right. Them. But this was a process before that process. And I just learned so much from the story. And those are the types of stories that when you get them, you think people need to read this. And how do we get people to read this and appreciate it? You put it on the cover. And we were also at that time of year where if the NBA playoffs or the Stanley Cup finals, if either of those had gone to a sixth game, that in all likelihood would have been the cover that particular week. But because both of those series ended early, we had a little hole in our in our schedule that enabled us to find a different story now <laughs> before Ben came in i was threading that we really didn't have any story at all and so here's this great story that comes in and you ask okay how do we justify putting a team that's averaged what somewhere between 106 to 108 losses the previous three seasons on the cover um and just to say, hey, we have an inside look at a team. Well, we've done that before. You know, is there something more we can say about this? And that's when I called Ben and I said, where is this all leading? Is this leading to a World Series? Do we believe in this plan? Do we believe in this organization's ability to execute on this plan? And Ben felt with a great deal of conviction that it was. And given the fact in baseball, we've seen a number of teams be able to kind of transform themselves in a relatively short period of time if they have smart people running a team and they have a plan. We saw what the Rays did in a very short period of time in 2008. We were seeing in 2014 what the Royals were starting to do. In fact, um, our old colleague Joe Kaznanski in 2011 in the pages of the magazine had said that the Royals were going to be 2015 World Series champions, <laughs> which actually ultimately happened. Now, the big difference there is we never put that on the cover, so it didn't garner the attention that this is garnering. And the story was a different story than the story we're talking about here. So Ben and I spoke on the phone, and I asked for a talk. Can they win the World Series? And I, I think I kind of knew the answer. <laughs> like, in baseball, there's enough variance. You can win the World Series within five years. And I said, is it five years? Is it four years? Is it two years? Is it never? And I believe, in, Ben, maybe you can jump in here and talk about Loonhow while obviously not saying we're going to win it in 2017 did reference 2017 in your story right he said that essentially nobody cares if you lose 98 games or 105 games in 2014 as long as you're competitive in 2017 and that was the year that kind of casually came up in my interviews with them 
clearly it was a year that was in their mind that was that they were targeting. And then if you took a step back and you looked at the nucleus that they had started to build, Carlos Correa was not in the big leagues yet, but he was a top prospect. And we knew in 2017 he'd be 23, just entering his prime. George Spring and Jose Altuve were already on board. They're going to be right in the smack of their traditional prime right now, 27, 28. It all kind of added up. Of course, we had no idea, neither did the Astros, the dozens and dozens of moves they would make between now and then. But we knew they had the process in place to make the right decision. Well, you know, so I'm curious. So you you, you, you pinpoint the year, the 2017, and then... And then you say, okay, we want to draw attention to this. We want to put it on the headline. And then you come to the conclusion and say, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to say they are going to win the World Series champs in 2017. Um, my, first, my first question is, is there any sheepishness from your guys' perspective about doing that? Because once, <laughs> from like you had guys pointed out, that from where they were, that's a pretty bold jump. And the other part about it, when it did come out, and when you did tell the Astros you're going to do this, did they go like, eh, do you have to? Or were they like, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome? <laughs> uh, well, the second part of that question first, I think they were not thrilled with it, okay? They were not angry about it. But first of all, they had no idea they were going to be on the cover, because neither did I until, I guess, a couple of days before it came out and Chris made the decision. Um, but no, I think that they... Would have been just fine had we done a deep dive in the organization, explained to people what they were going to do, and not set this incredibly public deadline on their efforts. And so for you, Chris, was there, when you make that decision, was it just, okay, you know, we're going there and we're not looking back? Or was there still the, uh, was there an alternative even for that Astros cover at all? (laughs) There, There was no real trepidation at all. Honestly, I didn't think I thought it was kind of a fun prediction as opposed to something that needed to be taken over seriously. So, you know, I knew people were going to take it very serious and I I knew it would in all likelihood be mocked. Um, But, you know, I've had cover choices of mine mocked before and it can be kind of an enjoyable experience in in a strange sort of way. You know, in fact, my very first cover as managing editor of, of SI was uh, an NBA preview in 2012 where we put Dwight Howard and Steve Nash on the cover and said, now this is going to be fun. They were entering their first season as Lakers. Now, I will say <laughs> we were kind of telling the truth. We actually proved somewhat prophetic. It was fun, though not necessarily in the, in the manner in which we intended. Um, so these, these things... Uh, the most important thing was, yes, we wanted to do something fun and different with the cover, but we wanted to be kind of rooted in plausibility. And I felt very strongly that based on my conversations with Ben and other people who are, you know, our, our baseball staff, our editors, like Emma Spann, we think that this plan has a shot of working. And there was pretty widespread conviction that I think most people I spoke to fell stop short saying they're going to win the World Series in 2017. But nobody was saying that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, in 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 Ben, I got to ask you about the actual evolution of the Astros in a second. But Chris, I would imagine this is this is for your job or part of your job 
This is the thing that makes you get up in the morning with a smile on your face. When you have a cover that is remembered for years and years and years, and three years from after you do the cover, you're doing a podcast about it. I mean, those, those are the ones that I would imagine say, okay, you know, we made that, like you said, fun, but also the memorable covers are, are just, that must be so gratifying. Listen, covers are maybe the most enjoyable part of the job. Um, they are something that they get talked about. They're something that are really kind of sports illustrated covers occupy a very unique space in the sports conversation. Even now, as we've transitioned, you know, to to a more to a more digital world, um, people still talk about the covers. And you know, obviously, you're happier when people are talking about this cover as opposed to a cover you just got flat out wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so after after this comes out, um, you know the I remember going back to Moneyball, Moneyball, and you know this isn't this isn't apples to apples, but the after the Moneyball thing, everyone wanted to dig in on their sides. Everyone wanted to, it was a black and white issue. It was scouts versus analytics. This comes out and it makes it seem like the Astros really have their stuff together. They figure it out. There's a reason, like you guys have said, that they, they, this is a plausible thing, that they could actually win the World Series in 2017. Ben, did you sense that, that there was some of that Moneyball-type reaction toward the Astros after this story came out? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised by the anger with which this cover was greeted. I guess I hadn't realized how pissed off people were about what the Astros were doing, specifically kind of breaking you know, your social contract as a sports franchise to do your best to try to win every year. I'm not sure we'd ever seen a team that was so blatantly not trying to do that, at least in the short term. But you talk about Moneyball. What really impressed me was, yes, these guys are some of those brilliant mathematical minds, um, really in any industry, particularly Sig Meidel, who is their head stats guy, Jeff Luno, the GM. These guys are brilliant. But it wasn't just about math. It wasn't just about identifying inefficiencies and OBP and things like that. It was about taking every possible source of information, every possible piece of data, and combining it into their decision-making process. That included the observations of scouts who had been in the game 12 year, uh, for, for 40 years. They weren't throwing away those guys' opinions. Uh, that was really what made me think that they had capacity within them to do this even though the plan required some really horrible intervening years which people got very mad about well so 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 ben so looking back um as it unfolded and we look at the team they are now you know a, a skeptic or a cynic would say well all right 2013 doesn't hasn't really been a fruitful draft for them. 2014 hasn't been a fruitful draft for them. 2015 they got Bregman, but he's a second pick in the draft. They had all these high picks. Altuve was there, um, you know, and down the line. So from your perspective, having the unique perspective that you do, you look at the team that they have now, and you look at what was transpiring then. Tell me why we can cut through some of that stuff, which on the surface it might seem that, oh, well, you know, it's just like, it's just like when they didn't hi highlight the, the starting pitchers on Moneyball. You're, 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 you're not highlighting the right things. Tell me the things when you look at this team that makes it so unique and their success so unique. Well, none of these decisions exist in a vacuum. I mean, first of all, the, the decision to pick Correa first overall shocked the industry, right? Even the Astros' own public relations department 
didn't have a bio of Correa prepared when they made that pick, as they did for a half a dozen other players, including Byron Buxton and Mike Zanino. That pick obviously gave them a superstar shortstop, but it also allowed them to draft Lance McCullers, because Correa, they knew, would take below slot value. So that was a huge uh, pick. Also, you know, we'd say that's absolutely true. They did not bring on Dallas Keuchel, Jose Altuve, or George Springer. That was from their predecessors led by Ed Wade. But what they did was make the decision to keep them. They were leveling the organization. It was not at all obvious to anybody when they came in in 2012 that Dallas Keuchel was going to become anything. He walked more batters than he struck out that year. And, you know, the Astros, the current Astros regime will say, we had no idea that he would become this. Like, we saw no signs. But they had enough time to stick with him to see if he would become that. Uh, and he did. They did not get rid of him. And, you know, you mentioned Alex Bregman. Yes, they certainly blew uh, the draft in which they picked Mark Capel over Chris Bryant. That's a huge, huge mistake and one that they regret to this day. But I'm not so sure they blew the 2014 draft in which they failed to sign Brady Aiken. I believe that they legitimately did detect an issue with his elbow, and he did end up blowing it out shortly thereafter. And with the compensation pick from that draft, from not signing Brady Aiken, they signed Alex Bregman. Yeah, good point. You know, a, few, a few days ago, made the key defensive play in Game 7 that sent them to the World Series. So they're never saying, we're going to make every decision right. They know they're not. They're basically looking to make slightly more correct decisions than the competition. And I think, you know, given where they started and where they are now, they've probably done a pretty good job of that. So, so Chris, going back to the headlines, um, I remember the the Boston Herald had a great headline, 2011, that 2011 team, Red Sox team we were talking about, greatest team ever at the end of spring training, the greatest team ever. And then, and then they blew it. They blew it at the end of the year. And, and I've talked to the, my, some of my friends who worked there. I used to work there. And when they had that historic epic collapse, they should have said, you know, something like came out worst team ever or something. So, so you have this headline. You've you got to have something ready to go. Like, you know, uh, and I, you, you know this much, much, much more than I do. But I, I guess from my corner of the world, please, please do something along the lines. We told you so. Or is, is that a, at least admit that that's a possibility that you can play off of it? We have some headlines. <laughs> And we have a process. And, we, and if this were to, to come to pass, we are prepared. That's, I, I, I would expect you to say nothing else, but I just wanted to state my case. So, um, God, that 2011 team. Boy, uh, oh. The Herald, the Herald really called them the greatest team ever. That was right after the Gonzales. And, uh, it was, yes. So, so it was... It was at the end of spring training, and you know, it was they were loaded, and they did. It was the greatest team ever. And, and my, the guy, uh, guy I work with now, John Tomasi, he was actually the one that went to them and said, "Hey, we should do this." They did it, but wow, what a missed opportunity at the end of the year. And and you know, and, and I think that there's always that sort of sheepishness, and, and you know this better than anyone. I mean, they, you're balancing a lot of different things, um, and and to be honest with you, to go off track a little bit, but the Herald isn't the tabloid that the New York tabloids have begun. The Herald has, has, be, Herald be, has become something a little bit different, but I love, and I just love the good headlines. I love, and you said it before, I love the entertaining headlines that we remember. 
And and that's what we're talking about here. So thank you for that. Yeah, well, you know, and what Ben thanks me for and that he's most grateful for to this day is the fact that I, we didn't put a question mark. <laughs> Which is one of the, um, honestly, it's, uh, and we do it. And I just think if you're going to put a question mark there, you probably just shouldn't. You probably shouldn't have the headline in the first place. <laughs> That's a great point. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. It, it was a lot of fun, and uh, and you guys do great, great work. I, I, ben, awesome story, awesome work. You continue the awesome work. Chris, great job, and, and it was really a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you guys. Thanks, Rob. This was a lot of fun. Okay. Thanks, Thanks guys. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. How did one man go from the scion of a Bay Area sausage company to triple murderer? Bud Stewart was always just a little off the rails. I'm Natalia Gravich, and I explored this question and many others on The Sausage King, a new podcast from KCBS Radio and Odyssey. He would park the truck with the pig and the straw in front of my campaign headquarters. Didn't like to follow any rules. Subscribe and listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.